Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and this week on the show, in studio, we have Latrell Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time on the program, right? The very first time. First time on the podcast. Are you excited? Nervous? Uh, I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but I'm excited, too. This is awesome. This is going to be good. That's good. Well, we saw your, uh, a little bit more of your personality, I think, over this past summer, so I think uh, I think you're going to do well here, Latrell. We'll take it easy on you. So... Um, I want to go back, though, I think since we haven't had you on the podcast before, I want to go back to the very beginning. Let's do it. How and why did you ever start playing lacrosse? So my dad's best friend growing up is Sean Allen. Uh, yep. He was also a coach of the St. Catharines Athletics minor team growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, his dad uh, got me my first lacrosse stick, and it was a Brian Attack lacrosse stick. Uh, and, yeah, I came to my ball hockey game one day, and he was like, we need your son to play lacrosse. And uh, from there on, I started playing lacrosse over ball hockey, over a lot of sports, and here I am today. Now, did your dad or anyone else have any ties to lacrosse previously, play anything in the family before you started playing? Nope. Uh, I think my cousin Tyson was uh, playing, but that's that's all we have for ties towards lacrosse. Yeah, we'll get into lots of that uh, family stuff as we go along here because there's some interesting stuff and some connections uh, through the lacrosse world with yourself. But... Um, so you start playing, you're in the St. Catharines minor system. Let's fast forward to high school because you ended up playing in a few different spots. Why don't you tell us the kind of road traveled for Latrell Harris through high school and, and field lacrosse and where you ended up and why, all that, all that kind of stuff. Cool. So uh, I went to Dennis Morris Catholic High School. Uh, I played lacrosse, hockey, and football there. Played lacrosse grade 9 and 10, went to Sauce and Offsa a bunch, and then um, unfortunately we didn't win, sadly. Um, <laughs> Grade 11, I got the opportunity to go out to Mountain Vista High School in Denver, Colorado. And that was an amazing experience. Uh, I had a great time there, great relationships there with my friends, still talk to them today. Um, But I think that's where I really kicked off my field lacrosse career. And yeah, grade 12, I had another opportunity to go to uh, Everest Academy, which is just in Vaughan, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Um, Clem Durazio was the head coach there. And he was really cool. Uh, he was a great coach toward our team. I think we had like 11 to 12 people on our team at the time, which is obviously <laughs> not a lot for field lacrosse, but yeah. he made it work. We were very good, uh, won a lot of tournaments, won a lot of games. Uh, it was really cool. And then 12B, I just went back to my Dennis Morris High School. Uh, I didn't get to play, unfortunately, uh, but uh, it is what it is. So is that what they call grade 13 now? Is 12B? 12B, yeah. <laughs> 12B. All right. Not the victory lap anymore. No. No, it's 12B. It's all the generation calls it that still, yeah, okay. but uh, the new generation is 12B. So I want to go back to the, the time in Colorado, and, and how did that opportunity even present itself? And who were some of the guys that you were playing with there? Did any of those guys end up going on to play at D1 schools or anything like that? Yep. So uh, Colin Monroe was my teammate at the time yep. and his father, Jamie Monroe. Um, I'm pretty sure their grandparents are here in Niagara on the Lake. And uh, so we brought Colin down here. We played with him for one or two years. I think, uh, I want to say he came down and Anthem, but I could be wrong, sorry. But Midget for sure. And uh, yeah, he had just asked me if I wanted to come and, and play out in Denver and possibly have the opportunity to live with them, which I did, and it was great. And uh, Colin now, 
was at Georgetown, but I think he started out at UNC, um, and then he played for Coquitlam Aquadnax or uh, Adnax. Adnax, sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So playing in Colorado, you must have had some uh, American uh, collegiate eyes on you. Was there some talk that maybe at any point you were going to go and play? NCAA lacrosse? Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, the number one reason why I went out there was to try and get my looks. Um, I did have a school that I was committed to at the time, which was High Point University. Um, it was great. Got to go to the school. Got to look at everything. Went for the visit and uh, committed. And then, unfortunately, that summer I didn't have my grades up to par, which is terrible of myself. Uh, looking back at it, I really wish I did. But hey, all things are happen for a reason. And yeah. So then we can kind of fast forward into the draft, right? You know, you're 18 years old declaring to go into the draft early. Um, why did you decide to do that? You know, there's not a lot of guys that go in at 18 and there's even less that make it if they go in at 18. What was the thought process in going into the draft so early? Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest there. My cousin... Tyson had just went in the year before, and he got uh, he went to Calgary. He had a great first year, and I was playing junior at the time. I had a couple years on my belt of junior, um, and we, we kind of just had a, a slight conversation of just like, hey, why don't you put your name into the draft and, and see what happens type of deal, and I did. There really wasn't too much thought of it or, you know, like, yeah, I need to be here right now. I just, just went in and see what happens, and then had the uh, the training camp day, or sorry, uh, yeah, actually the training camp yep. for the for the combine. Sorry, yep. had a good combine and yeah, it was really fun. It was really cool, sick experience, and um, I got picked by Toronto. Here we go, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's second round, twelfth overall, and and you probably watched the video many times many of Matty Sawyer, you know, basically making the call at the table to say. Um, I'm not even sure who the other guy was now that I think about it, that they were deciding between who else they were going to take. But Maddie seemed to make that call of like, you know, drafting an 18 year old that high at that time was still probably considered a little bit of a risk. And he was like, yeah, you know, let's go for it. Right. And uh, he's the one that uh, I, I mean, from the sounds of that conversation, kind of made the call to say, let's go for it. Let's take this guy. Latrell's our guy. You know, like everything we see. So. Yeah. Take us through the experience on draft night for yourself and with your family and all that yeah. kind of stuff uh, on that uh, fateful night back in 2016. Yeah, it was uh, it was beautiful. I got a fresh new suit. Had to, <laughs> had to look nice, you know. Um, so I had my two grandmothers there, uh, Nancy and Grandma Angie. Yep. And then I had my cousins, Justice and Lexis. Uh, Tyson was there also. I had my mom and dad, Carrie Ann and Greg. And I'm a little brother, Marcus. And... Uh, I think it was Marcus, my dad, and my mom, and my sisters who were sitting with me on mm -hmm. the chairs on the floor. And uh, my name got called. And I looked to the side, and everybody was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It was cool. A couple of hugs. Got my brother up and walked up there. Just big smiles. Um, I think Nick. Nick, uh, Nick Sakevich. Yeah, yep. sorry. I can't pronounce the last name. <laughs> uh, he was the first person I saw. Shook, shook my hand. Had a little word. And... Uh, Put the cap on. Yeah, it was really cool. And then walked over to the next part of it and met Jamie, met Maddie, and put on the jersey. Took a picture with them. Actually, I think it just came up on my memories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday, at the twenty-six. Yeah, it would be right around. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was really cool, man. It was such a cool experience. Uh, very different for me as there's nothing that have 
ever happened to me like that in my life. So, so cool as the it. as the picks are going by in the first round, like, did you have any kind of thought of might be going there? Maybe they want me. Who talked to you before the draft? That kind of thing. I'm sure there was a little bit of you that wanted to go play with cousin Tyson Bell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> absolutely. So, what? Where did you think you were going to end up as those picks are going by? Do you have any idea going even going into the night where you thought, oh, you know, this team really seemed to express a lot of interest in me. Maybe they're going to pick me if I'm available, kind of thing. Right. Uh, I think after the combine, uh, there's little meetings you had, and yep. I think I talked to a lot of teams. And Toronto wasn't one of the teams. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I yeah. I didn't really have like, oh, I wanted to go there. I wanted to go here. I really just wanted to be picked and had the opportunity to go and show myself at training camp. Um, Challenge was our first pick, yep. and. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's massive. <laughs> when I first saw him. And uh, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to uh, stay close to home. Obviously, just uh, our family's big, family-orientated. And uh, so I kind of wanted to stay close to home. But obviously, I wanted to play with Tyson as we we only had one one year playing with each other in junior, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So now you're going into your first ever professional lacrosse training camp at 18 years old. What do you think when you show up on the first day of camp and see some names that you were probably, you know, buying a ticket to go and watch, yeah. you know, just a year ago kind of thing? What do you what do you think in going into that camp? And, and who are the guys that immediately you're like, wow, I'm, I'm getting a chance to play alongside this guy and I'm going to soak up everything I can from that guy? Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I was just going in there just being a sponge. Uh, yeah. Anything anybody said to me or if I had a question to ask somebody, I would. Just trying to remember it right away, or even just trying to go and implement it on the floor. Uh, Brody Merrill, that was a big, big name, and you know, being in the dressing room with him, or being on the floor, or even going on a five-on-five man set with him was incredible. Uh, Damon Edwards was another one. Uh, that was more of a recent name growing up that I kind of yeah. got to know. Um, Brett Hickey was actually somebody who came up to me on draft day. He was there, yeah. shook my hand, and he introduced himself right away. So me and him kind of off pretty good um we kind of talked about a lot of music too and that was really yeah. cool that was a good uh, icebreaker between us yeah um yeah and then rosie obviously is a well-known yeah. name he's just a good guy <laughs> yeah. all around uh yeah i don't know it was really cool to be with those vets and stuff like that to be on the floor with them was really cool really cool do you ever remember any moment back from that training camp where you're like the nerves maybe got you or the nerves were there and you're like oh my god i'm on a in a drill with this guy or whatever and or, or i'm checking this guy even yeah, um, I don't know. I I can't put a I can't put a uh, situation. No yeah, moment, no specific no. moments. But I think maybe a couple full floor shooting drills where my hands were. I had a <laughs> hand me down stick growing up, and yeah. I would just use whatever it was possible. I didn't wasn't picky at all. So I really just didn't want to miss a net or drop a ball. <laughs> to be honest, so I was just very cautious and yeah. making sure everything was to the T. And then, you know, fast forward, you make the team and you're out there. And that was the thing that as that season progressed and not even that far, I can remember being like, wow, Latrell's out there in the last minute defense. Right. And he's out there with Brody and these other veteran guys in the last minute D and responsible for closing out games and that, you know, was that something? Was there any pressure there? Was that even for you? Like, wow, like I'm, I'm really succeeding here. I'm getting the confidence of the coaches and whatnot right away in your very first season. That was must have been pretty special. Yeah, really cool. Uh, Jeff Gilbert, uh, Jesse Gamble, yeah. Stanley Chapman, uh, you know, just playing with those guys. At the time, I didn't really like fully understand last minute D. 
you know, obviously mm-hmm. you play last minute Dean Jr., but like out here it's serious. You, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready at all times. Um, so I, I just wanted to make the right play for my defenders and my line and the D squad that we have playing that game. Uh, just going out there and being myself, just doing what I can. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Then I just want to ask too about, you know, that first time that you got to run out of the tunnel at Scotiabank Arena and what the emotions were like, you know, running out there, probably trying to find your family and stuff like that when you're running out just to see yeah. what their reaction was, I'd imagine. Um, but what, uh, you know, tell us about that first time running out. Yeah, so a year before, I actually came to watch a Toronto Rockers Calgary game. It was Tyson's first game at home. Yep. So being in that arena, I was like, oh, wow, this this is <laughs> this is pretty crazy. And now fast forward to a year later, I'm running out and it was cra- it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was so loud, you know, getting your name called. You watch NBA games, yeah. you watch football games, and you start getting those tingly feelings. And, yeah, and then now you're in that moment, you're running out. Bright lights, you know, you get the bump Iggy on the yeah. <laughs> you know. Um Yeah, it was really, really cool. I don't think I'll ever forget yeah. that moment at all. Yeah, that's usually the, well, second last guy out yes. before the captain. Yep. Get the long, yeah, really, I dragged that one out. That's a long I appreciate one. it. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> so now, you know, things are great first year. Um, you have a tremendous impact, and I think, you know, it's weird. I think back to that season, and, you know, Challen, Challen had a really good first year, but I even think, you know, you probably got a little bit more hype even than Chal did, I think, after your first year because, you know, you're 18 years old and you're coming in here and you were doing what you were doing. Um, you know, you, you've got years and years ahead of you, but, you know, you go through a couple of years and then you run into some injury problems that, you know, were from before and from junior and everything that, that kind of were uh, reoccurring a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about some of those injuries that uh, kind of popped up and how you fought your way through them. Right. So I was just wearing tear on uh, my left shoulder. Uh, There's a couple of things wrong with it. At the time, I just thought it was something I could just, you know, ice and get away with. Yeah. But over time, it uh, started to slow me down in my game of play. Uh, I started getting into my head a little bit like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I shouldn't go over there yeah. 100 miles per hour into the loose ball or just wait for him to pick it up and try and strip him, which is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not okay to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, Tried to play it through it, had the strap, had the big strap on, and, you know, it's just, it gets in your head a little bit, like. Yeah. Uh, so, had to get it done, had to get the surgery done, you know, set out the last year before the COVID year, which is not something any athlete wants to do, obviously, just yeah. watch his team play it through a TV screen. Um, and then, yeah, I was recovered, and then we had the COVID, so I had to sit out another year, and then. Now we're just waiting to play it now. And anxious to get back. Very, eh? very anxious. Yeah. Very anxious. So while we did have a break because of COVID, that also opened the door a little bit for you to go and play in the Premier Lacrosse League. Yes, sir. And spend some time there playing outdoors. And we had uh, Tom Schreiber on the podcast last week. And, you know, he did mention kind of, you know, what I probably figured was the reaction originally with some of the Archers teammates were like, who is this guy? guy? He didn't play college, all those things that Tom talked about last week. But what was that like for you going into a dressing room of guys that, uh, you know, don't really, you don't know them maybe too well and they don't really know you unless they've been following your career in the NLL, but you know, they're not, you know, all these guys know each other from college and, and competing previously at, 
at a pro level uh, outdoors. But what was that like for you walking into that dressing room with the archers and kind of really, did you know anybody else other than Tom? I, I, I know a couple of names, couldn't put faces yeah. to their names. Uh, so it was really fresh, which was actually kind of nice to be honest. Yeah. Um, new friendships, you know, you're going in there just being yourself and it's like almost a fresh opportunity. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Uh, very, very welcoming group of guys. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> it was it was very warming to go into that room, even just being on the field with the coaches even. Yeah. You know, just everybody's very helpful. Um, the D-mids, have to shout them out, Mark McNeil and uh, Dominique Alexander. Um, my guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just so thankful to be a part of the Archers group. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Training camp was really cool. Um, it was really nice to play field lacrosse again, you know. It was a little different this time around, though. I didn't have my long pole in my hands. I had a short right. stick, so a little change in the game and the way you approach, you know, the offense and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But it was good. Keeps you on your toes. And then you go out and you score this goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you end up, you know, in the PLL, they have these, you know, a lot of these immediate sideline interviews with players after like they score, 15 right? 15 seconds. Yeah, live, you guys are, usually the guys are pretty gassed, and it is tough to get the words out, I think. You know, you're thinking, you're excited, you just scored, you're not yeah. really in the mode of like, yeah, I'm going to break this down for you now, right? When somebody asks you, so what do you see on the goal? It's like, I, I don't know, I'm still, yeah. yeah I'm still thinking <laughs> of it. <laughs> so... What happened? I mean, we know what happened, but what happened in your head? I was screaming for, I think, like 45 seconds straight. <laughs> I was so amped. Uh, the game before, yeah. my roommates, who I lived with in the States, uh, Tyson and Holden Garland, yeah. they had scored in the game uh, yep. the day before. So I'm like, oh, I got to score. Pressure's on. Yeah, right? pressure's yeah. on. I got to <laughs> score for the family and for the household. Yeah. And... Uh, I think we were in the second quarter, and I ended up scoring. Uh, Scott Ratliff gave me the pass, and I just remember going, ah, <laughs> just screaming a bunch. And then uh, get to the bench, and I take a sip of water, I think, and then I get, you know, hey, you want to do an interview? I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. whatever. <laughs> and I don't even remember the question you asked me, to be honest. Yeah. And then uh, I said the line. This team yeah. is so yeah. sick. Uh, and, yeah, from there, it, like, just got surfaced around our, our group <laughs> chat and it was going crazy. Uh, I kind of felt like, uh, I don't even know the word to say, uh, something. And because uh, everybody was like, hey, man, good interview, blah, blah, blah. But at the time, I thought they were kind of like joking, like yeah. he just cursed on live television, man, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. But no, everybody was like, hey, that's what we needed. Uh, you know, that's coming from your heart. That's that's like real truth right there on an interview. Yeah. You're not faking that. That's just coming from pure emotion. And over time, I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't a bad thing to say. Um, I did have to ask my grandma Angie, though. I, I told, asked her if she saw the interview. She said no, so I sent her it. I said, I'm sorry for swearing on live television because <laughs> she doesn't like cursing at all. And, you know, she kind of gave me a couple words. But she said, there's not much you can do. It's pure emotion. And that's all we really ask for the child. So. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching the game. And seeing it, and I'm like, well, that clip's going to be going viral, <laughs> like, right away. I'm like, that's going to be out there. And, you know, it is true, like, just to get that raw emotion. And, I mean, that is what they're going for with the sideline interviews, right? Mm -hmm. Right after the goal, to get you guys to say something other than, yeah, I was working really hard, and I thanked my teammates and mm -hmm. had a good pass, and I scored, right? Yeah. Like, they want to – Yeah, exactly. They want to hear exactly what, uh, what you guys are truly feeling and what's going through your head. And then – I mean, I asked 
Tom about this last week on the podcast too, but who, what, like he says he thinks you were responsible for creating the t-shirts. Is that a true yep. story? Uh, you were the man. That- I am responsible, <laughs> but I didn't make them myself. Oh, okay. I have a friend uh, who is a manager, I believe of t-shirt time, which is okay. something that was in the Penn center in St. Catharines. Free plug. All right. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> still had to, still had to get off the wall for it, yeah. but hey, it's okay. Um, I think they moved to the Niagara outlets now. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, okay. uh, yeah, um, I asked him if we could get these made for a T-shirt just because you know, I kind of liked it. I wanted to sing, blah, blah, blah. And I got five of them at the start, you know, kind of gave them to a couple guys and myself. And then all the boys were like, yo, this this shirt yeah. is amazing. Like, <laughs> I want one. So I'm like, okay, say less. Yeah. And then uh messaged my buddy again, and then we got more copies of it. And, you know, every, I think there's like two to three guys who I couldn't get the T-shirts to on our team, but everybody else got one, yeah. coaches, trainers. Um, so yeah, I just appreciate the boy supporting me through that, to be honest. Really cool. Yeah. What was it like when, you know, I mean, Tom said coaching staff was wearing the shirts too. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was really cool. And like, yeah. you know, it has the big F and then stars beside yep. it. So I'm like, wow, everybody's wearing this shirt right now. That's, yeah. that's cool. That's, that's, that's good team stuff right there. You know? Yeah. Real close squad. And, and that's where I want to know, you know, the NLL locker room versus the PLL locker room. There are differences there, right? So yeah. what do you see as like those main differences between the two locker rooms? Right. Now, I think that the NLL has more time in the dressing room. So you're kind of, you know, yeah, not rushed to put your equipment on or to, you know, tape your stick or to get your ankles taped. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you have real arenas you're playing at, so the dressing rooms are a little different rather than playing at these stadiums where there's a couple more teams playing in it either right. before you or after you, so you're on a time limit. Yeah. And I just uh, I think it's a little rushed in the yeah. PLO, which obviously it might not be a bad thing because you don't have time to just think about what you're going to do. You're kind of just right. on the ball. But, uh, yeah, that's really about it. I think the music is a little different. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Obviously, in the rock dressing room, we like to listen to you know, Tragically Hip, uh, Lil Mark old classic yeah uh, but i think it might be changing in these next couple of years just because of the generation <laughs> yeah. um but okay. uh, in the PLO, we like to listen to a lot of high tempo music you know, yeah get your shoulders moving a little bit yeah uh, just get the energy up yeah. and uh yeah my, i love both guest rooms to be honest there's not much i can say so what you're really saying here is that you have your eyes on taking over the rock music from rosie no, no. Rosie's, <laughs> Rosie's going to be the iPad guy connected to the Ox, but yeah. you know, maybe <laughs> I'll have a couple songs I can ask to be put on the playlist. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a couple guys who will help out for sure too. Well, you've been here a while now. You should have a little more clout in the room, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah I like to stay quiet. You know, the first couple of years I had my headphones on and listening yeah. to a lot of Biggie and Outkast. That, those are my two uh, main. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm not. Uh, I'm not stressed about it. Nice. So we're coming into uh, obviously a big season for everybody here. There's been a ton of time off. You know, we've missed uh, a season and a half really here as we go into getting things started in December. And what's it been like here preparing over the last month or so, getting back into the gym with the guys and whatnot now that, you know, the summer season's over, but seeing these faces again and and working to get ready for the season, you know, where's your head at? Where's your body at? All those kind of things. Um, my head's in a great space right now. Uh, I love working out here at the Dynamic with uh, Adam J, Adam Sugar J, uh, <laughs> Dilksy Boy, uh, Manzi, Chow, even Dan's in there, you know, Homer. Like, 
Working out with your team, I think it really helps. Everybody's pushing each other. Everybody's seeing each other rise up from what they started, you know, pushing weight at to what we're getting at now. Yeah. I think it's only going to help out once you get on the onto the turf, obviously. Um, my body's in great shape. My, man, I don't know. I've had a lot of time off, right? So not banging and banging all the time. Yeah. Uh, just get time to stretch, relax, really treat the body right. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And what do you think, you know, now that you're truly healthy, right? Shoulders good. Because I talked a lot uh, with Challen about this after he had his surgery and how long he had had shoulder problems for himself. And, you know, you can just look at his stats even, right? Like, you know, how they, boom, went up, right? When he was fully healthy, right? For the first time in like years, like maybe five, six, seven years, right? Because he said he had, uh, you know, had this shoulder problem back to playing, you know, high school you know, and junior lacrosse back then. So what do you think you're going to be capable of here, fully healthy Latrell Harris? I think my confidence is going to rise a little bit. Um, I think I'm going to be able to push the ball with more confidence and, you know, maybe instead of just that odd time, maybe I can go a little more. Um, I'm, my loose ball game is going to be up to par for sure. Um, and hopefully I can get those CTOs to the amount <laughs> I want as well. Uh, that's what I'm... I'm looking forward to looking forward to this year. To be honest, is just being that guy. And when you start to look around the dressing room here, there's going to be a couple of new, very impactful faces in that locker room with Jason Noble and Mitch Desnew. Yeah, let's go, boys. Talk about what those guys are going to bring because that's something that you know. With you know, when we're trying to tell the story of the Toronto Rock and what's coming up here and how good this defensive group is going to be. You add two guys in that, you know, on any given year could be, you know, defensive player of the year candidates. And now they're injected into this group that was already probably seen as the area of greatest depth within the team. And now you add in two more top end guys. What do you think this defensive group, you know, looks like now? I'm sure this has got to be something that's probably striking a little bit of fear into the hearts of the rest of the league right now. Hopefully. Um, (laughs) I think they're going to bring in great vet veteran experience uh they've been both of them have been in the league for a while uh played on great teams um i'm pretty sure this new is a lefty and he likes to push the ball which yeah. is going to be perfect because we have quite a lot of righties on our defensive end so now we get uh the transition look on both sides which is huge um jay nobes he's a very very strong confident and good defender he does not get beat a lot uh he's very sturdy I'm excited to play with them, to be honest, because I hated going down in transition, <laughs> getting slashed or cross-checked by them. So I'm pretty pumped to be able to play with them. Yeah, and I'm glad I actually bring that point up about Mitch because I think that's a hugely underrated part of his game sometimes. And we've seen a lot of that with the Oakville Rock here, exactly. how much he pushes the ball in transition and is legitimately a threat to score as mm-hmm. well. And he's shown that here in previous years with the Oakville Rock. So. Lots of uh, lots of things to be excited about with this defensive group, but uh, I want to switch gears a little bit to wrap up here and just uh, learn a little bit more about you away from the lacrosse floor. But what does Latrell Harris like to do when he's not playing lacrosse? What do I like to do when I'm not playing lacrosse? Recently, uh, during the first quarantine, uh, me and a, a lot of guys, I would say about eight to ten of us back home, uh, actually started this little bike crew, uh, yep. mountain biking crew. Now, we don't have mountains in St. Catharines, obviously. <laughs> right. But we like to trail ride, I guess we can call it. Um, it was gorgeous. We would probably go for like four hours, five hours a day, to be honest, back-to-back-to-back to back to back days. 
Wow. Uh, so I got I got really into biking, um, cards as well. Uh, my friend group back home uh, really like to play Crazy Eight, where one time we <laughs> we actually had two automatic card shufflers. <laughs> two. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, it was it was gorgeous. We played all day, all night long. It was just something to do, and it was really different, actually, rather than yeah. you know working out, which a couple of my guys back home that's what we do as well. Um, so yeah, cards, biking, <sighs> sitting on the porch late at night. It was always a good breeze uh, with my cousin and sisters, um, just, you know, shooting, talking yeah. and stuff and whatever. Um, Crazy Eights is a very underrated game. A very underrated game, actually. It, there's tons of strategy and there's so much on the on the deal. Yep. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's played a couple of different ways as well, which yep. is kind of nice to see how people play it. Um, surprisingly, actually, back in the States, not a lot of no, Crazy 8 was not a big really? game. Yeah. So what are the rules you play by? Are you, because what, like pick up two, pick up four? Yeah, you play the Queen twos, of Spades. Queen of Spades, pick five. up five. Yeah. Are you one that you allow people to stack the twos? So oh, yeah. Two, You're picking four. up all those cards. You're really, hey? Oh, yeah. If you, got, if you got two of diamonds, two of clubs, two of hearts, and two of spades, that, that person's picking up eight. Yeah. And in those eight cards, if you get the queen of spades and put it down on top of the two of spades, that's eight plus five. You're stuck. You really, you allow the queen of spades eight. to be, okay. Hey, we got two All decks right. usually, depending on how that's many people That's a little bit ruthless. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's just a longer game. And you know what? It feels really good when you win those. Yeah. You just, you know, it's just like, yeah, what's up, everybody? It's just such a frustrating 13. game, too, because like when you say about the deal, right? If somebody's just getting lucky and getting it, like where they're getting you know, twos and eights and yeah. whatever in their hand, it's almost like you have such a quick, easy path to a win, right? Absolutely. But, yeah. Especially, yeah. So fours is skip a turn, you know, the odd time we might play with reverse order. With yeah. Fours. Really? And, yeah, jack, skip a turn as well. Yeah. Uh, eights, crazy suit, so you just yeah. change whatever suit. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we were getting crazy eights talk on uh, Toronto Rock Total Access today? Hey, if anybody wants to smoke, just let me know. <laughs> I got a deck of me at all times. I got a deck of me at all times. All right. Okay. Um, Want to also talk a little bit about the family and, and just your relationship with uh, your mom. And you guys got to go to the PLL Awards together, we did, right? We did. Which was probably a pretty cool experience. Got to travel down there, especially in this uh, recent era of not really being able to travel a lot. Uh, what was that trip like and getting that uh, opportunity to share that experience with your mom? Yeah, so me and my mom are real close, uh, really, really close. Um, so I was, although it was not a long time, but it still felt like a long time. I was away for three or four months away from yeah. her. Um, so to be able to, you know, bring her down and to do all this traveling with her after uh, I was away was really nice. We went to Washington, went to the award ceremony. That was really cool to be a part of. Um, then Saturday, so that was Friday. Saturday we went, uh, I had a little camp with Marcus Holman. And then we did a little tour, and she's she's a big Abe Lincoln fan, so she yeah. was stoked to see that and you know to learn about that. And I'm a big Martin Luther King Jr. fan, so yeah. we got to see that. We got to actually like touch the pieces themselves, um, and just to be there in that moment, just to be there on site of all of that, is, it was crazy. I had tingles going through my whole body, all the way out through my toes. Um, so yeah, that was really incredible. And it was just me and her. We haven't had a one-on-one time like that in years, I think. So that was really cool to be a part of, uh, to be a part of that with her. And then Sunday, we uh, 
got to go to the championship game. Sadly, we weren't in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be back. And, uh, yeah, that was cool. So you got to see what it was like to be in the PLO and live there with all the fans watching, screaming. It's, it's a little different than LL games because it's outdoors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, different stadiums as well. But uh, she got to see what it was like to be a PLL player that day, which is uh, very special to her, I know. And, uh, yeah. That's super cool. The other thing I want to touch on just before is some of the, uh, you know, you've you've attached yourself to some brands already, some clothing, some equipment, all that kind of stuff. Um, let's talk about the clothing stuff first. You have some friends and whatnot that are involved in that. Tell us a little bit about that. And I know you're wearing a hat today, too, of uh, one of your PLL teammates. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. So this is uh, Relax. This is Adam Gittleman's company, AG Baby. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that is recycled plastic. He makes heads, uh, lacrosse heads, and he actually gives them to uh, lower-income communities to try and grow the game there, you know, so they're not buying, like, $150 heads yeah. or $100 heads, um, which is great. That's amazing of him, and uh, I'm actually a part of that as well. Um, yeah, so pumped to be a part of that. Um, I'm also wearing a shirt, too, which is a, a nice fit on me. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I'm just. Uh... Well, there you go, folks. The many layers of Latrell Harris. I think You're... we still got a still got a few uh, to dig into, maybe on a future episode. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Latrell, for joining us today and uh, shedding a little bit of light on uh, just who you are. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, let's get it this year, Toronto. Let's get it. All right. All right. You heard it here. All right. That about uh, wraps up this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. In the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying we will chat next week.